coming. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 88 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. I'm back again, ladies and gentlemen. Wasn't here last week, but I'm here this week. We got a lot to talk about. AEW NXT Night 4. Gonna hop into all of it. Gonna talk about a little bit of NWA power, some impact, and more. I'd rather hop right on into this thing. Link tr.ee slash too sweet pod. That's where you can find all my listings for this podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not gonna waste any time. I'm gonna hop right on into it. Best thing, funniest thing of the week. Best thing of the week. Bound for glory. Impact. We're gonna hop into Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan later on in the podcast. But overall, it was a phenomenal pay per view. I think the match of the night was the X Division Championship match. I really thought Tessa Blanchard was gonna win it, but. Ace Austin picks up the victory there. This was a phenomenal pay-per-view. I had an enjoyable time watching it. Definitely a great time to spend on my Sunday night. Funniest thing of the week, Rick freaking Flair. Like, what? We got to stop giving Rick Flair a live mic, man. Like, crazy Rick Flair is in the ring. That hyping this Flair Hogan thing at Crown Jewel. It's Team Flair versus Team Hogan. And Flair is just stumbling over himself. He's introducing uh, Drew McIntyre, a guy that kisses all the girls. I'm like, what is Rick Flair doing out here? And then they just made it worse. They, they interviewed him again during the match. And, like, just crazy Rick Flair spilling over. To which it was funny. It was funny on Monday night. So... We're going to hop into number one spot, looking at some of the number one things in wrestling. Going to get right on into this thing. Number one match of the week last night, and I'm going to get into this, that North American title uh, triple threat match on NXT was just phenomenal. I loved every bit of it. Spots galore in that match. It was tremendous. The number one match of the week. Number one hype of the week, AEW. Man, I was watching NBA and AEW got a lot of hype on the NBA uh, telecasting, uh, NBA broadcasting, excuse me, on the games, the commercials. Every quarter, it seems like something was going on for AEW. NBA and TNT hyped them up very well. Great job there. Number one botch of the week, we had Sin Cara versus Andrade and Selena Vega obviously interferes. And she does a hurricane runner off the apron to Sakara. And obviously, the referee is looking and he does not call for a, quali- a disqualification. Excuse me. And I'm like, come on, referee. And the least you could do is not look when Selena Vegas interfering. So we're moving on to the number one spot of the week, Brian Cage, ladies and gentlemen. It was versus Sammy Callahan, and he has this Wolverine claw that he brings to the ring. And he literally rakes it across Sammy. Callahan's face and that brings out blood that was the number one spot of the week gruesome looking spot of the week so we're gonna hop right on into it ladies and gentlemen first we're gonna start with AEW versus NXT and I mean another awesome night of wrestling and like it's just enjoyable from the top to the bottom and we're gonna do something a little bit different here we're gonna start 
from the main events and work our way back to the bottom of the card. So, in the main event, well, <sighs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, uh, you know what, I'm going to scratch that. We're going to start, we're going to keep it going how we normally uh, do it for this. We're going to start at the top. So, excuse that, but Private Party versus the Lucha Bros. That was going to head up with Rhea versus Bianca Belair. And, man, I got to say that I absolutely loved how AEW started their show. Like, they cut the entrance, they cut all the pyro, and they just started right with the Private Party and Lucha Bros in the ring with the introductions and that caught my attention right from the start that was a good idea on their part because NXT started the traditional way you know you have the open and you have Morrow you know uh, bring us into the show and Private Party and Lucha Bros had my attention right off the top I'm going to give that one to AEW because that one had my attention it was the better matchup even though Rhea and Bianca Belair put on a heck of a match that I was interested in I'm Rhea Ripley picks up the victory as Io Shirai tried to in interfere, but Candice LeRae came down, and we probably have something going on with Candice LeRae and Io Shirai. I'm very interested in seeing how that goes. Rhea Ripley goes on to pick up the victory over Bianca Belair. That was a phenomenal match. Private Party versus the Lucha Bros is an excellent match as well. I was really hoping that they would go with the Private Party, but... You know, I understand it. It's the Lucha Brothers. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. Just an awesome match that took place there. AEW gets the dub in that round. Moving on, SCU versus Dark Order. And I got to say that, man, I'm just not feeling Dark Order. I'm about to get into it. This went head up with, at the time, this an NXT commercial break was going on. But it went head up with Riddle versus Cameron Grimes. And I got to say that. Matt Riddle versus Cameron Grimes was an awesome matchup. SCU versus Dark Order was a really good matchup. Uh, we had the Inner Circle coming out. I really thought that the Inner Circle coming out during the match really took away from the match because the crowd is obviously going to turn to them and it took so much attention away from the match. I didn't like that, but SCU and Dark Order, they picked it up and it was an awesome match. But Riddle and Grimes had a banger, man. I enjoyed every bit of that. And I'm going to have to get a dub to NXT on this one because I really enjoyed that Riddle and Cameron Grimes match. Uh, we had the post-match with Cameron Grimes and Tyler Brate. You know, I'm interested to see how that goes down. And, you know, I'm pretty much interested in a lot of things that NXT does, but this one was well done. Uh, Riddle picks up the victory. He obviously keeps his momentum going. SEU picks up the victory. They move on in the tag team tournament. And I thought that was an awesome match, but... Uh, I thought Riddle and Grimes really outshined them on that one. Moving on, next we had Omega and Janela. Kenny Omega versus George Janela. And that went head up pretty much with the end of the Riddle and Grimes match. We kind of had an overlapping uh, segment here. Uh, it went head up with the end of Riddle and Grimes. But for the most part, it went head up with the three-way match. Brazango and Swerve Scott versus the Forgotten Sons. And I got to say that Omega and Janela just had my attention from the start. And they were the better matchup here. The dub goes to AEW from, from that standpoint. And those guys have excellent chemistry. Obviously, they had a fantastic match on AEW Dark. And they just kept this thing going. Kid Omega rightfully picks up the victory with the one-winged angel. And it was a phenomenal matchup. And Swerve and the Forgotten Sons. That one was pretty good as well. Brazango 
And just at the end of the day, I just got to give it to Omega versus Joy Janela there. Moving on, we had Cody and Jericho going back and forth. We had a promo. We had a brawl. And that was going head up with the three-way match as well. Brazango, Swerve versus the Forgotten Sons. But here's the deal, man. Like I said, I posted this on Twitter. I learned a long time ago that greats with mics are greater than uh, any great match that's going on. And when it comes to a war, Monday Night Wars, the Wednesday Night Wars, when you see Chris Jericho out there, look, you got to stop. When you saw Steve Austin out there, you got to stop. On Monday Night Wars, we seen Steve Austin coming out with a mic. We seen the NWO coming out with a mic. You had to stop and watch. And this is the moment where I had to stop and watch. You know, you had Cody in the ring going with Tony Schiavone. And we had the inner circle out there with the bull horns or whatever they had, air horns. And it was pretty funny. And Jericho got under Cody's skin. Cody came out. And we had ourselves a breakdown brawl. You know, Cody went all Goldberg on the door and punched it in and got the inner circle out. Had MJF DDP. We had a DDP appearance. And it was on, man. So, like, I enjoyed that brawl. I posted it to Twitter. And, like, they got a big response. We had a bunch of jokes going back and forth. So, my phone was buzzing all night after posting that brawl on Twitter. Everybody seemed to enjoy it. And that went head up with the, like I said, the Brazango and Swerve and Forgotten Sons matchup as well. I got to give that to AEW because that that brawl was just so entertaining, man. It felt like an old school brawl to see back in the 90s. And I enjoyed it very, very much. Next up, we have the Best Friends. And the Bucks versus Gallagher and Angel Garza. You know what? I have to give this one to AEW as well. Angel Garza picked up the victory over Gallagher. And what was an entertaining matchup? It set up a cruiserweight feud with Leo Rush. He was on commentary. So I very much appreciate that. But the best friends and Bucks, like AEW was on such a roll at this moment. They were coming off of the brawl with the Inner Circle and Cody and uh, Dustin Rhodes and the crew. And it rolled right into the best friends and the Bucks, to which their entrance is just electric, man. I love it. And at that moment, I was like, oh, man, the best friends and the Bucks, I'm here for that. And what they had was a very entertaining match, lively crowd. And I love every bit of it. Definitely AEW gets the dub there. So moving on, we have the ladies showcasing uh, on AEW and NXT. We had Jamie Hayter versus Britt Baker. That went head, head up with Tinga Knox and Dakota Kai versus Marina and Justin Duke. And the winner there, which, which was a very great turn of events, gets a shot at the Kabuki Warriors for the Women's Tag Team Championships that would occur on NXT. I thought that was a great twist that I'm looking forward to. So, what I didn't like here in these segments... NX AEW obviously took a commercial break during the match, so that really hurt, hurt the momentum of Jamie and Britt Breaker's match. The entrance for Britt Breaker in Pittsburgh, her home uh, town, was phenomenal, but the match itself, I wasn't really feeling because they took a big uh, commercial break during it. I really thought that on the NXT side, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai uh, versus Marina and Justin Duke, 
they didn't get enough time to showcase themselves in that matchup, so I never really got involved in that one as well. So I don't really give the dub to anybody in this one because there were problems that I had with each match that I never really got involved in with. Britt Baker goes on to pick up the victory. Uh, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai goes on to pick up the victory. They will face off with the Kabuki Warriors. They had a promo after the match, so I am very much here for that tag team matchup to see how that is going to go down. So I'm excited. I cannot wait. So moving on, we had the main event. But right before the main event, we had the weirdest segment. Uh, Brandy Rhodes attacks Jamie Hayter, and I'm like... Okay, like where is that going? You know, I'll stick around and see how it plays out, but it was a weird segment. Weird segment. So moving on to the main events, we got here so quick because man, like Wednesdays fly by. You know, it will be times when I look up at the clock and it's 840 and I'm like, man, where did the time go? We only have 20 minutes left. And last night was one of those nights we had the North American uh, championship on the line. In a three-way matchup, an excellent three-way matchup, man, that I enjoyed very much. I'm definitely giving the, the notch NXT here. We had Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee versus Dominic uh, Dijakovic. And, man, what an awesome matchup it was. On the other side, we had John Moxley versus Pac. And that was an awesome matchup as well. Uh, from the AEW side... It went to a draw, and a lot of people didn't like that, but I'm an old-school wrestling fan at heart. I'm used to the time limit draw. Like, there were plenty of matches that went to time limit draws back in the day, so I don't have a problem with it. I understand that, you know what, the, the live crowd had a problem with it. I understand that it was the main event, so maybe the, the live crowd didn't want to see the show in that way, so I understand it from that standpoint. But here's what I like about it. It kept both guys looking strong. Neither guy could afford to take the loss as we're building to AEW full gear. So I enjoyed that neither of them took a clean loss here. I do enjoy the time limit draw. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. I was a phenomenal matchup, but NXT won the, the main event. And it was a phenomenal three-way matchup. Spots galore. We had Keith Lee doing a tope over the top rope. And that big man can fly, man. Like, it is just amazing to what these big guys can do in wrestling in today's wrestling. Like, big guys just did not do these things back when I was a kid. It is just amazing. And this was a, an amazing matchup. Roger Storm picks up the victory here. And... This wasn't even the most amazing thing of the night. Post-match, we have the Undisputed Era putting a beat down on Keith Lee. Why y'all gotta attack the brother? I'm just saying. Like, y'all couldn't attack the Dodjakovic? But that's beside the point. They put the beat down on Keith Lee. So, Chopper comes out. Johnny Gargano comes out. And I posted to Twitter... Uh, is Finn Balor going to come out too? And sure enough, Finn Balor comes out. And I'm like, okay, we're setting up a War Games match. And out of nowhere, we get the Pele kick from Finn Balor to Johnny Gargano. And it is a full-blown heel turn from uh, Finn Balor. And man, I got to say, I didn't see that one coming. Like... <clears throat> 
there are many heel turns to where you know what we're building to it we're building to it you know we're expecting it we're thinking about it and then bam it happens and we're all excited about it i didn't see this one coming i didn't see it coming at all but i love every bit of it i gotta tell you finn Balor put the beat down on johnny gargano hit him with the bloody sunday on the floor on the outside and excuse my voice i can use a drink of water here but it was a phenomenal moment uh, what I love the most about it is that he never acknowledged the Undisputed Era. Uh, obviously, in everybody's mind, we're thinking, uh, Finn Balor is Undisputed here. And he had the moment, if you go back and watch, during the beatdown, he had the moment with Adam Cole. Like, right as the ruckus is picking up, Finn Balor has Pele kicked Johnny Gargano. The Undisputed Era is laying in the chopper. And they had a moment where they were standing each other down. And I'm like, okay, this is where the two sweet is happening right here. And they just stared each other down. And Finn Balor went on to do what he did on the outside. The Undisputed Era is standing in the ring with their pose. Finn Balor looks up. But he never acknowledges them. And that leaves us on a hook. At the end of the show. And that is phenomenally done. Obviously, you if they're going to have Finn Balor join the Undisputed Era, you can have that happen at any time. Like, leave us wanting something for next week. Leave us with questions. That's what I enjoyed about it. Finn Balor is a heel. People love it. And I am behind it. I want to see heel Balor in WWE, in NXT. And, like, let's go, man. Let's do this. I'm hyped about this. Overall, NXT had the better main event. They had the better wow moment to me with Finn Balor turning heel. But overall, AEW won the night for me. Overall, just the big TV again on AEW. And AEW just held my attention more throughout the night. So I got to give night four to AEW. So, what was going on, man? I was just, after after those shows went off, AEW and NXT, I was just sitting down. And I was like, man, wow, man, what a night. Wrestling is so good. And as I breach into my next topic, man, why can't Raw be like this every night? Like, why can't Monday Night Raw be like this? Why can't we leave on Mondays thinking, man, what a phenomenal show. Like, when you look at the Raw roster, I say this all the time, or the WWE roster in general, they have one of the best rosters in the world. I most would argue the best roster in the world. And they have the talent, man. Like, you got Seth Rollins, you got Ricochet, you got all of these guys. And, like, I would just wish one day, one night, one Monday night, they would just tell them, like, they just booked the Monday Night Raw, okay, we're just going to let you guys wrestle and just take over the show. Like, I'm not saying it has to be all wrestling, but let it be majority wrestling. Like, why can't we get a Raw like this every single night? Why do we have to wait? Ah, once every blue moon to get a really good raw and once we get a, a good to decent raw it's like oh that was awesome because it didn't suck no I, I want a really good raw and WWE raw could be like this man but they are just not I don't know if it's Vince McMahon I don't want to just put it on one person ah uh, but 
look, man, the, the direction that Raw is going, the direction that SmackDown is going, like, it feels like the same old Raw. It feels like the same old SmackDown. After all of that hoopla, after all of that pumping circumstance with them uh, re-debuting on, you know, USA, the, the debut on Fox, now it feels like the same old thing. And like, especially on the Raw end, man, this past Raw was just the drag of the century, man. It just wasn't exciting. You know, we had some pretty good matchups, but overall, like I always post to Twitter, it is just a different vibe on Wednesdays. AEW has a big show feel that Raw just does not have. That's not to say that, you know what, AEW is just better than WWE. I'm not here to say that because that's subjective, uh, but... When I watch Raw, I just don't feel that Big Show feel anymore. And one huge difference when it comes to AEW NXT and, and WWE Raw, like with AEW NXT, it feels like any given thing can happen on any given night. So it feels like I cannot miss it. Like I have to watch AEW NXT live before I get spoiled on something big that happened. Obviously, Finn Balor turns heel. You know, you want to see that stuff live. So it feels like I cannot miss NXT. It feels like I cannot miss AEW. It feels like I can miss Monday Night Raw and not miss a whole lot. Or unless, you know, something happens every blue moon to where you're like, okay, that was awesome on Monday Night Raw. But I, I, overall, man, I just watch Raw and it's just a chore to sit through. I'm looking at other things. I'm looking at Monday Night Football. I used to never do that on Mondays back in the day, man. But like, I watch Raw and I'm, I'm trying to find other things to do. When I watch on Wednesdays, I'm not doing that, man. I'm watching wrestling on Wednesdays for two hours. I'm locked in. And there's no good reason why Raw can't be like that. And it's such a shame because they have a phenomenally talented roster. And it should be like that every Monday. Speaking of Mondays... And speaking of Raw, oh man, Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt, what are we doing here? Like I see Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt, and this thing is being built for Crown Jewel, which it makes no sense from the start. Bray Wyatt is on SmackDown, Seth Rollins is on Raw, like, ugh. and they have this thing, the match cannot be stopped for anything, like it cannot be stopped. And I thought one of two things. Okay, Seth is getting the gun this time. Like, like okay, we thought that the gun was going to be the finish at the Hill in the Cell. I mean, he's putting on all this stuff. It may just be the finish at Crown Jewel. Two, <laughs> and all jokes aside, like, man, they are going to screw this up. Like, there, there is no in, con, there's no conceivable way that they can't screw this up. For one, Bray Wyatt can't necessarily win because the dude is on SmackDown. What are you going to have him do? Win? the Raw Championship, uh, Seth Rollins can't win because what's the point, man? You can't have Bray Wyatt take another loss that would kill his momentum, and you can't you can't have a crap finish because the match cannot be stopped under any circumstance. Like, so something dumb is going to happen. They've booked themselves into a corner again. And like, at this standpoint, the best thing for this feud would have been for them to just ignore that it ever happened. And you had it at the draft. Like, 
You didn't have to keep this going. You could have had, they didn't mention it on the Monday after Hell in the Cell. They just kind of stayed away from it. They put Seth in protective custody. Like, they didn't have him come out. And you had the draft. Sent Bray Wyatt to SmackDown. You could have got out of this feud. But they kept it going. And now we're going to get something dumb happen at Crown Jewel. Mark my words. So, look, I wish the best for this feud. But... Like, it all seems so simple, man. And the simple thing was to just have Bray Wyatt win, and they didn't. And now, both guys are looking bad because Seth is coming across like a heel. And the fans want to cheer Bray Wyatt. And, like, if you're going to have Seth come across like a heel, it came across like a heel when he was working the match with Humberto Carrillo. Like, just have him go full heel. Don't keep him as a face. And then have him be a heel at the same time. Like, that just does not work for Seth Rollins. That can work for some wrestlers. But it ain't working for Seth Rollins because he's just not interesting as a face. That's just my opinion. As a matter of fact, I found him quite annoying as a face. I enjoy his heel work. Just not his face work lately. So... It doesn't do him any favors as well because the crowd is not going to get behind him when he's facing off against Bray Wyatt. Ah, I don't know how the Saudi crowd is going to act at Crown Jewel, but when it comes to here, like everybody wants to cheer Bray Wyatt and that just is what it is. So we'll see how this feud turns out. I don't have high hopes for it. Speaking of feuds I don't have high hopes for, Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez. What again? What are we doing here? I think this build is getting a major pass from the wrestling community. Like, I am not enjoying this whatsoever, man. Like, we had the segment with Ray Mysterio, Paul Heyman, and Shelton Benjamin, and Kane saved the day for Ray Mysterio. And, like, we got two guys, and Kane Velasquez and Brock Lesnar. Two guys that cannot speak for themselves. So you got to have Rey Mysterio and Paul Heyman carry the feud. And like, I just cannot get into that. I do not find it interesting whatsoever. And if you've noticed with all of Brock's builds, guess what? Paul Heyman has carried it, but he's carried it with the other wrestler. Like, we've never had this situation to where we've had Brock Lesnar face off against another guy that can't talk for himself. So, I am not into this matchup, this build. Who knows? Maybe they do have an excellent matchup. I don't have high hopes for it. If I'm guessing, I'm not saying that it's going to be an excellent matchup. Even though Cain Velasquez has done some pretty cool things in the ring already in AAA, like... Uh, I'm not having my, the highest of hopes for this matchup. And once again, they've booked themselves into a corner because, look, man, Kane Velasquez can't lose his debut matchup. Brock Lesnar can't lose the title uh, right here, right now. And you can't have a crap finish in the championship match at the Saudi event. So you cannot win either way. At the end of the day, I expect Brock Lesnar to win. And if Brock Lesnar wins, Cain Velasquez is just destroyed and done. Upon dead on arrival, upon debut. So they are going to lose every which way, no matter what result that they pick. And look, I, yeah, I'm just not interested in this matchup. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, something I am interested in. Brian Cage versus Sammy Callahan. They had a good match at Brown for Glory. 
But what I'm here to say that, or what I'm here to ask rather, is Brian Cage winning the best call. Was it the best call at Bound for Glory? Ah, I think that it was, I can understand from a booking standpoint that it was the right call because Sammy Callahan had gotten the best of Brian Cage, had gotten the best of Melissa Santos for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. So it makes sense that the face won and overcame the heel at Bound for Glory. But here's what I'm also here to say, ladies and gentlemen. Look, man, at the end of the day, we got Sammy Callahan, and I felt like it was a, how can I put it, a now or never situation for Sammy Callahan and Impact. I really thought that they should have put the title on him uh, right here, right now, because we have built Sammy Callahan for so long, and I really thought that this was the moment for Sammy Callahan, but he loses the match, but here is the kicker. We have this coming Tuesday, a rematch with Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan and I'm here to say that look Brian Cage was not the right call or was not the best call at Bound for Glory but I say go ahead and put the title on Sammy Callahan on this rematch on Axis TV you guys should definitely check it out if you haven't been into Impact now's a good time they're gonna debut on Axis TV this Tuesday and it's gonna be a steel cage match, Brian Cage versus Sammy Callahan in the Bound for Glory rematch. Now, I've seen Impact do this before where they have the rematch to Bound for Glory, and I, I've always said, like, I don't necessarily like it, but because it throws a kind of undermines the main event of the biggest show of the year, but with them debuting on X TV uh, this coming Tuesday, I am all for it this time, and I say go on ahead and put the title on Sammy Callahan. I think this is the time, man. I thought it was the time at Bound for Glory. Now I'm here on XTV. This coming Tuesday, I say do the job for Sammy Callahan. And we can keep this field going. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. We'll see how it all turns out. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to move on into... NWA Power, man, they have been doing an excellent job, and, like, I have enjoyed this old school feel, this old school show, and, like, it keeps me invested because it's just an hour, it's on YouTube, right there on YouTube, it's so convenient, and I'll just talk about a couple of things that I enjoyed from the most recent episode I enjoyed the fact that Eddie Kingston came out full of piss and vinegar and like I enjoyed the promo that he laid out on the Dawson's and like it was a hell of a promo <clears throat> and Eddie Kingston is an underrated talker in the world of wrestling we never hear him mentioned and guys that are the best at promos so he's very underrated in my aspect I learned that in my time watching him on impact and definitely uh, on my short time watching NWA power he is a phenomenal talker, and I'm very much interested in this feud that is going on with him and Homicide and the Dawsons. The Dawsons would also go on to come out and lay out a promo. Uh, so I'm very interested to see what goes on here. They said that they would take on any challenges, but they wouldn't take on Homicide and Eddie Kingston. But obviously we're building towards that. I want to see where it goes. I didn't know much about the Dawson's, but now that they're into it with Kingston and Homicide, I'm learning uh, more things about them, and I'm very interested in those guys, and NWA is just doing a phenomenal job. 
Uh, what I also enjoyed, Aaron Stevens coming out uh, and the crowd <laughs> berating him with Captain Morgan chants. Like, I enjoyed that as well. He's uh, just starting out in NWA, or just appearing on NWA Power. I just, I think it was either last week or a couple of weeks ago. So they're building him up. We'll see how it goes with him. And overall, my overall thoughts on the show was that I enjoyed it. I'm still really getting to know everybody. Uh, all of these wrestlers that are in NWA. I enjoy the women. I enjoy the fact that Thunder Rosa, man. Like, I, uh, I'm a fan of hers. And I want to see what, how they're going to lay her out in NWA. Is she going to be the next challenger for the championship? I'm very much interested to see how that goes. So I saw Marty Bell. I haven't seen Marty Bell since Impact. And she had a pretty decent match with Crystal Rose as well. So there are a lot of good things going with NWA. We had a pretty good main event as well. Eli Drake and Tim Storm versus the Dawsons. And look, man, I'm interested in the Dawsons. They were, they got the victory there. And I'm interested in NWA overall, man. So this is going to be fun. I'm very much looking forward to see how it all turns out. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode of the Two Sweet Podcast. One more thing before I go. I'm very interested to see what the ratings are going to look like this week. Some people say, when, when, as it pertains to AEW and NXT, some people are like, oh, we shouldn't worry about the ratings. And I say, heck with that. Like, they going head up. I want to see what the ratings are. We, they've dropped each week for both of them, but AEW has maintained steady. They've won each week. And there was a lot of competition going on, whether it was from the NBA or from baseball. A lot of competition going on from um, last night. So it'll be interesting to see what the ratings are hitting out of week four. So that is it for the Two Sweet Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Two Sweet P O D or at O M G Corey B. I am out. And we'll see how this wrestling week turns out. I will be back next week.